Well said. Well said. Well said. Well said. Well said. Well spoken. Well said, Robin. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Well Said Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Bella. And on today's podcast, we have Erica and James. I don't know about you, but I love getting to hear different individuals share their stories, particularly their testimonies of how they came to a saving faith in Jesus and how the gospel changed their life. That's what we get to hear about on this podcast. Erica and James have an amazing testimony of how God worked in and changed their life. So I'm excited for them to share their testimony. So welcome to the podcast, Erica and James. Hi. Thank you for having us, Bella. (laughs) Of course. So to start the podcast, what is something new you learned this week? We learned how to play a new card game, which is called taco cat goat cheese pizza (laughs) so yeah that was fun yeah that was an interesting game Mm -hmm. is that like (laughs) is that like the throw 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 burrito game is it kind of it's because it's It's there's like something with a cat or something eventually when a car goes down everybody has to slap their hands down and it's Uh, just hannah's last on top gets all the cards. Oh, the okay. And then there's some random cards where you have to do this random thing before you like beat your mm-hmm. chest or clap your hands above your head like the nor norwal uh, <laughs> dolphin a whale. <laughs> and then you slap your hand down. And um, so our youngest daughter wanted to buy that game. They had played it at uh, school before, and so we played it this week. Fun. Yep. Yeah. Fun. It definitely sounds like an interesting game. <laughs> So getting into your testimonies, um, I'd just love for you to share, like, your family dynamic, um, your upbringing. Did you grow up in church? What did that look like? And then just share your testimonies. So our my upbringing as I was born and raised in Southern California. Uh, my mom and dad had four kids together, and then when I was in about fourth grade my parents got divorced and so I went to live with my mom for a few years and until my dad got custody of us he went to court and eventually won and so we all moved in with my dad at at about fourth in the middle of fourth grade so my dad wanted to do the right thing so he took us to church and and um, we attended church for a number of years and and that's probably where I first uh, my first memories of, of God or church were when I was a young kid and going to youth group and Wednesday nights going for dinner and playing games and singing mm-hmm. songs um, and, and as I look back that was a really fun time in my life in spite of all the chaos that was going on with the dysfunction in my own family church was a place where there was games fun singing uh, people that cared about you and so there's a lot of good memories there you know, it was a lot of singing, literally singing uh-huh. Kumbaya, that <laughs> song. And um, and so that kind of fellowship. On Sunday, we would go on Sundays too. But I don't really remember much of the sermons or anything. Mm-hmm. I just remember it all, being all about fun and games uh, and, uh-huh. and friends. Not you like know. real gospel, Jesus. Yeah, it, 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 like I'm sure those things were taught. It just, it, it you know, it wasn't important mm-hmm. to me. It, it wasn't okay. significant. For me, it was just about friends and having mm-hmm. a fun time at church, you know. And yeah. so that's what church was for me growing up until about, uh, and I went to church 
pretty much my whole life until from fourth grade all the way to high school. And when I got to high school, I wasn't forced to go to church um, as much. So I didn't, it just became less frequent until in high school, you start hanging out with different friends. And I just stopped attending church altogether, probably right up my senior year Mm -hmm. or just before that. And, and church or religion, God, Jesus was not even a second thought. They just was kind of doing whatever I wanted and living however I wanted to live, pursuing my own goals and passions. And until I met Erica, invited me back to church. Mm-hmm. And that it, w- that was, it was unusual. And she invited me to a very different church than the Presbyterian church I was used to. Mm-hmm. So that was a whole new experience of church for me. Yeah. If your like, young church um, experience, it was more focused on... Jesus, do you think that you would have maybe remembered that more and maybe had a different experience um, in high school? Yeah, I, I, I do think that. And I think looking back, I, I try to teach my kids in that way, mm-hmm. that that Jesus might have an impact on their life sooner than, than mm-hmm. me so that they might benefit from that that kind of uh, just teaching or I guess just just benefit from the wisdom and all the the blessings that come from from being following the gospel and uh, reading the bible and and applying those truths to your life and 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 because the bible affects even our personal relationships and how we interact with each other like I I wasn't taught that how how to apply the bible or what the bible teaches to my relationships with honoring my mother and father or how I should prefer one another, yeah. or and and teaching the kids those now so that it, it can affect their life. And so, looking back, there were things I learned at church, like how to operate a camera, mm-hmm. or how to install the audio system, and how to direct the cable <laughs> yeah. channel. But how to teach the gospel or proclaim the gospel, how to understand the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, those things I don't really remember. And yeah. And, and I probably felt like a little insecure to mm-hmm. ask questions and, you know, because everybody seemed so educated at church, oh, yeah, like they yeah. understood it already. So I was a little shy, was just wanting, looking to play basketball or, or yeah. Foursquare or something, you know. Yeah. yeah, I hope to give my kids a better understanding of the Bible and what the gospel is and what, um, what the Bible teaches, you know, so that they would reap the blessings of having that understanding. also raised born here in Southern California I am a mom of four children and I grew up different cities I guess so grew up Alhambra Almani area when I was young there was an incident that happened when I was four or five years old where I was kidnapped and so my mom wanting to change her life that was kind of like a a wake-up call for her so we moved to uh, victorville which my mom had a relative there we lived there with her so my mom kind of tried to clean up her act and um you know she almost lost her child so um in that we lived there for a few years my mom worked at a tortilla shop like a bandouce shop and she did well for a few years and then because she you know didn't have the gospel change was temporarily so it it wasn't long-lasting change and so 
I just remember her, you know, in and out of jail and us having to be with different family members. And, and then at the age of 13, uh, she got herself into a lot of trouble where she didn't come out so quickly out of jail. And so my uncle took custody of me and my three brothers And so in that, I lived with my uncle, and that's when I was exposed to uh, Christianity. And so I went to Calvary Chapel, and it was there that I learned about sin and hell, and knowing that there was a hell and the weightiness of that, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I I did the altar call and I prayed the prayer, but I knew that God was real, that hell was real, but I didn't really ever have like the spirit in me. I don't think I ever really had the heart transformation because at the age of 17, I got pregnant with my first baby and I was living in sin. And so I knew that... I wanted to change. I knew how I was living was wrong, but I didn't have anything in me to stop myself from not doing it. And so, so yeah, it wasn't until after my second baby and after my second relationship of just not wanting to live that kind of life anymore where I kind of felt like, okay, I just want to surrender my life to God. It was then where I met a few young ladies around my age who said, hey, we want to teach the Bible. Like, would you love it? We would love to teach it to you. Um, Let us come to your home and we'll teach you the scriptures. And I was just like so blown away because I was like, this is exactly what I need. Mm -hmm. Like, I need someone to come alongside me and teach me the Bible. And so I felt like, this is amazing like who does this and so I welcomed these ladies in my home and it was through that where we did studies and it was a little questionable because at the time I had met my who is now my husband Uh, he was my fiance then and when I came up to the last study because he wasn't a believer they told me like you have to give that up he he um, you guys would be unevenly yoked and they used the scripture to show me all of that so I felt like well this is true this is real but it came to be that they were actually a cult so that wasn't so great (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and so it was just it it was hard to discern I I wanted to live the life like a Christian I wanted I thought like oh I can make God happy like as I always felt like I'm not doing this right. Like, God is condemning me. I, I, I think in my mind I had, like, a condemning God who was, like, going to burn me in hell. Like, that's that was what I always thought. Like, if I don't stop doing this, I'm going to, you know, go to hell. And so that was always in the back of my mind. And, and I think because I knew sin is real, I knew hell is real, heaven is real, and there are consequences for sin, um, I just didn't know how to how to live it out the way that Christ had called me to live it out. And I think it's because I didn't have the spirit in me then. Um, And so it was in um, being in relationship with James that um, 
you know, he warned me something wasn't right about the church, even though he wasn't a believer, he kind of saw like something isn't right with this church. And I think what I struggled with because I so badly wanted the relationships, the fellowship that I got there made me think truly this is real. Like, how can this not be um, true Christianity? Because they're loving on me. They want to teach me the Bible. Like, they're they're coming to my home. Um, how is this not genuine faith? And so... I think I was really confused, and I, I longed for that. I longed for relationships that kept me accountable. I longed for people in my life that I can do life with, and this church offered all of those things. And so, what was it that you saw that it was a cult? So it was uh, water through our regeneration through baptism baptismal regeneration yeah so basically it was they um, you receive the spirit when you become baptized and then they also believed that they were the only true church Mm -hmm. and um so if anyone outside of their church they weren't real believers they weren't real christians it was you it had to be within their community within their church and you had to be so like let's just say i was a believer and i decided to go to their church they would consider me a non-believer until i was Uh, baptized through someone in their leadership oh interesting yeah so do you know what the cult is called um it is Um, called there's been different sects of it but it's it's known as the international church of christ Oh. ICOC, uh-huh. and then there's a different sect called the International Christian Church, because you know the the leaders have gone their separate ways and started uh-huh. their own um, denominations within that kind of uh-huh. belief. And yeah, so like yeah. Erica went through that. That it was a, a tumultuous time in her life too. Her her mom had passed away, mm-hmm. and she was really on her own. So those relationships were really important to her. Yeah. And 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 uh, like with you know part of my family is. LDS, their cults, they really love bomb you and, and they really want to support you and, and be there for you. And, and, um, it seems genuine at first. It does. It does seem genuine. It does. Um, they're young college kids. So, you know, they're pretty, um, resilient and, um, and, and they're, and they're and fun. They're, yeah. They're, they're and, like on fire for the Lord. Yeah. And, and I think they honestly believe what they're teaching. Right. You know, so it's not like in their mind, they're trying to convince you of this lie. Like they yeah. genuinely, they're immature themselves trying to seek God and come alongside you and teach you what they've learned. They question their motives now, but at the time, you know, they're immature college kids just on fire for what they believe and what they've taught. And uh, they're just trying to get more people to come with them. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, you go a life without purpose, without direction. And now this church organization has given you purpose yeah. and direction and is helping you. And you see the benefits of your life start to change. Yeah. Actually, you prioritize giving money to their organization and you're, you, they teach you good principles. You start hanging out with uh, people that are going in one direction and mm-hmm. hanging out with the bad friends. So you do see some change in your life. And, and whether that, that's eternal change or that's a superficial change just by 
um, changing habits, mm-hmm. you know, that that's where we question, is it, is it, is it really the spirit of God working to transform your heart, you know? And yeah, yeah the, I, I guess the, the thing that stood out most uh, to us was just how they really were adamant that uh, they believed that, that they were the true church. Mm-hmm. Like they, they use terms like, and like they, they um, frowned upon the term Christian and oh. said, we're actually disciples you know we're 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 close to the first century church and we meet in houses and and we do st- we actually try to be more like the first century church rather than these other big mega churches and then yeah. and then they compare themselves to the mega churches yeah. and point out all the flaws of the mega churches to kind of validate their their teaching and i think that was really big for me because i went to i went to a big church and so I didn't know anybody all those years that I went. You kind of just are able to come and go, and you don't really meet anyone that's willing to befriend you or have you over for dinner or just come alongside you. I went to this big church for, you know, four years of my life, and... I think unless you're really wanting to get involved and plugged in, then you can. But unless you're the one initiating that, you kind of get lost in in the crowd of this big church. And so, yeah, so I think just comparing the two, Mm -hmm. you know, having people wanting to come over and spend an hour, two hours with me going through the books of the Bible was, it, it felt like it was, a game changer in in a sense where it felt like who of course they love me mm-hmm. because I, I went to this big church and nobody spent time with me reading the Bible and then you have this smaller church and you see them kind of living that out for themselves as well so so yeah and, and I think that's why even now it's so important to teach our children at such a young age the gospel and what is the true gospel and because there are going to be other churches, other people that are similar and claim that mm-hmm. and can easily manipulate you. So just, I didn't grow up going to church and I didn't grow up just seeing people live it out. Even in my, my uncle's home, he was a believer, but he wasn't married at the time and his uh, girlfriend was living with us. And he never, we never really, we just prayed at dinner, you know, we prayed at our meals and he talked about the Lord, but I never really saw him living it out because, you know, even him himself, you know, he was living in fornication with his girlfriend. He wasn't married. And, and so I think it's really important if you claim Christ that there is a standard that we need to come under and live because there are people watching for me it made me think i could pray the prayer in my heart right yeah and then i can go on sinning Mm -hmm. like i don't need to change anything because surely my uncle's a believer yeah surely he he's the one taking me to church and yet he's living totally against what the scripture says on how he should live as a godly husband um our godly man in that case and so I think, yeah, just knowing like, okay, I prayed that prayer and now do you go on sinning? And, and we know that, you know, Paul says, no, 
we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't trample on God's grace, and and we need to have fruit there to to back that confession up. And so, I think it wasn't until my husband and I got married that I think I don't have a distinct moment of when I I believed and put my faith and trust. I just knew it, it was gradual over time. For my husband, he has like a specific distinct moment of when he it was like a light bulb went off uh-huh. and I, I don't really have that but i think for most people like it, it's a process of tilling the the hard ground in our hearts and then planting those seeds of grace through the gospel and through the teaching of god's word over time and and over time you know different pastors different teachers different friends water those seeds and, and god gives the growth yeah thinking about that time just that church you know, seeing the people whose life matched their doctrine like mm-hmm. their lives matched what they believe and they would point to other churches and say a church says they believe this but look at their life they don't yeah. really believe it like we believe it we're actually doing it mm-hmm. you know and so i i felt like there they had that that was their strength you know and and there's something to admire about someone who who acts upon what they believe and so on the surface it didn't look hypocritical you yeah. know and, and they're there pointing out the hypocrisy in everybody else and I think that that kind of resonated with Erica at first. The thing that triggered me, though, was I grew up in a very liberal um, Presbyterian denomination. And so nobody goes to hell, uh. you know. And, and so there was a little bit of resistance there for me. And then especially going to the church that Erica first t- took me was it was very, I would say, like, like not hellfire and brimstone, but there was definitely a a judged a message of judgment mm-hmm. to lead you in to humble oh, you uh-huh. to lead you into the altar call like you a know? fear yeah mm-hmm. and, and and um and so you know for for me I, I i then i went back and i looked up the the pastor who gave the message and i'm like who would trust and believe this guy like uh-huh. he has a radical testimony where he almost killed his wife and then god worked in his heart and transformed his life and i was so critical of him at that time uh-huh. because i'm like who would ever trust this guy like what seminary did he go to <laughs> he's not does he even have a phd yeah. you know like those are the things i was focused on rather than what's the message he's preaching yeah. how has god transformed this man's life and um and things that i would look at now but at the at the same t- at that time i was more critical and so i remember erica then getting invited to these bible studies and and i was okay with it and and you know i was seeing erica was happy and changing and until like i saw i experienced the strain that they were putting on our relationship like hey your relationship isn't you know i loved erica i proposed to her like after a few months of dating her and was ready to marry her and yet at that and then a few months later she starts going to this church and they do these bible studies and they're like hey that your relationship is not a biblical one and you need to cut it off. And, and it, it seemed like the more, the more pressure they put on our relationship, the more I would fight for it. And then it would justify what they were saying. I remember Erica giving me one of the saddest days was Erica giving me back the engagement ring that I had given to her. I knew she loved the ring cause it was like a big diamond, a gorgeous ring. And I knew that it was really hard for her. But at the same time, I knew that she had a genuine desire to pursue god and be faithful and and wanting to live a life that was um you know right before the eyes of god and and uh so i sense that just remember and one time in the car we were driving 
I like I was like I don't know what you want from me and you know I'm and she's just, just like I want you to come to church with me and I'm like I'm never gonna be one of those guys that carry a Bible around and go to the Bible studies like it's just not me it's just like that wasn't there was no desire in my heart to to study the Bible and I tried with the guys from the church and I had nothing in common with them I was just like, these guys are all losers. Like, why? <laughs> like, you know, they're only part of this church because they're losers. And these are the only people that would accept them, you know. And why Why would Why would you want to hang out with them? And I could see the girls were college girls and, and they're young and, and full of life. But the guys, they're losers, you know. And so, like, for me, it wasn't as, like, that that fellowship, mm-hmm. that Erica experience where it was accepting. And I didn't have that same feeling that Erica had. gone through the mud with two relationships Mm. previously I had two kids I was a single mom and I think what I did know about the gospel was that unless you had a solid foundation to start on everything else was gonna wash away Mm -hmm. so unless your relationship was founded on Christ and I had already knew that because my previous relationships failed because they weren't and so I knew this next relationship whatever relationship I get into next like they have to love the Lord like they have to have at least a desire to want to live a standard in which God calls us to because he didn't have that I knew this relationship isn't going to work because and and it I think for me I had already I I have two kids and so to me being in another relationship didn't matter for me it was like I could give this up because my children were more important than having to go through another relationship that wasn't going to work you know yeah Yeah, Er Erica in her life at that time was you know like she said single mom two kids more mature than I was like Mm -hmm. she had the good job I had no job at that time, <laughs> you know, she, I, you know, we always joke around like she didn't marry me for my car, you know, <laughs> or my job or my money. Um, so like at that time I, I was, I think I was on unemployment and, and just like hanging out with friends and just partying. And, but there was something that I admired about Erica being mature and a good mom and, uh, and beautiful. So there, there was something very attractive to, uh, about Erica to me. And so I just, I didn't want to let it go. I started going to church. I tried as best I could to go to that church and I changed my life. I started, stopped partying, started looking for a job. You got a job. Yeah. Um, You got a good job. And then, uh, yeah, and just started praying. I went to the Bible studies. I started doing all that they have their systematic Bible studies you go through. So I did all that process and thinking, okay, if I do all this, they'll let me have my fiance back and my fiance well, uh, and just doing what I had to do, you know, mm-hmm. toe the line, do the bare minimum and get my fiance back. Once we're married, she can go to church and pray with the girls all she wants. Uh. You know, I'll have my wife, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking. But it just it you can only fake it for so long yeah. and go against, uh, you know, the chafe of the legalism. For me, someone who is not obedient the, the legalism is just chafing against every time I went. I think of just how hard it was for me at that time. And so eventually the church t- told Erica, like, if you want to stay at our church, like you have to give up James, like take a week mm-hmm. off. Don't come back. 
and if you if you want to be with james mm-hmm. but come back and we'll accept you back but james you're not allowed back you know uh-huh. so it was yeah. like basically james we know you're not a believer we see a desire in erica to want to save but she's she's torn because of your relationship mm-hmm. so they really put an ultimatum on erica like i i was out of the question uh-huh. you know but erica had an ultimatum to go back and um i got a call a couple days later that my mom had died mm-hmm. and so my mom passed suddenly so yeah so that was really hard for me because i i hated everyone around me at that moment the fact that they did that you know of course yeah. not knowing that two days later I was gonna get a call that my mom had passed but I think I was upset with James I was angry I was bitter with him I didn't have grandparents growing up and so I didn't have a father I didn't the only person that was close to me besides my sibling was my mother Mm -hmm. and so so yeah her loss was really hard and I think it was in that just realizing like you don't I talked to my mom a Friday night and I got a call Saturday morning that she had passed. And so I think it was in that where I was just like, yeah, I had that fear of how that much more. And I knew that my mom wasn't living right. I knew that she wasn't a believer. And so I went through um, a really deep depression because all I could think about was that she was in hell. So, um, so yeah, so I think that was really heavy. Like it just did something to me mentally. Like how could God do this? Mm-hmm. How could he take the only person that I know that I love that loves me and then send her to hell? So, um, yeah, so it was just this, I wanted to be so close to God, but in those moments, everything was confusing the cold the church the hell the heaven like everything was just like a big question mark at that moment and I just I couldn't understand how a loving God who loves me would take away the only person that ever loved me or that I ever loved and so it was I think in that I think James was able to seek out on his own truth because I was just like, I want none of it at that mm-hmm. moment. I was kind of just, I didn't want, yeah. I wasn't trying to seek God or I wasn't, I didn't want to hear anything about it anymore. I was well, kinda just, I think that they had asked us to leave the church or you to leave the church and take a break in about at the end of August. Mm-hmm. In October, her mom died. So in that month or so, she had lost the contact of the friends and they weren't as supportive and yeah. they weren't as love bombing her as they were before. Mm-hmm. And when they heard her mom died, there wasn't a call, a text, a reach out. So I think um, she realized, like, maybe that friendship wasn't as genuine because mm-hmm. people would reach out. Your mom just died. Yeah. And so she realized, like, maybe they weren't just in, they were they weren't as genuine as we thought. But I was there for her and supported their her and, and through that process. And and at that time, I had started, you know, I was reading, just trying to study the Bible. And, and, and knowing something is wrong with the church, yeah. but my life didn't match what I believed either. Mm-hmm. So there was no, uh, the, you know, there, were, there was no support to what I'm trying to say. There's no weight yeah. to anything I'm saying because I'm just this guy trying to go up against this whole organization yeah. in the eyes of my w- fian- wife or fiance. And so I 
remember a lady asking me if I wanted to go to Bible study at uh, work. I had got a job and um, there was a Bible study at, they would have at work um, every Thursday. And I started going just to ask questions. Like I, I had no church. I had um, was losing, lost my fiance mm -hmm. and uh, was just trying to figure it out. So I went to the Bible study at, at work um, and it, they had it every Thursday. And uh, I just asked questions. I'm like, you know, this is this is what I know. My, my girlfriend goes to this church and this is what they teach. And and at this Bible study was led by two pastors from two different churches. And there was maybe 10, 15 believers from all different churches, all different maturity levels, all different walks of life. And and just see them like united in, in what they believe. And yet from different denominations and yeah. you're like that that didn't make sense before i'm just taking the time with me uh explaining everything to me and the baptismal regeneration was one that i kept saying like but john 3 says unless you're born again you will not see the kingdom of heaven you know and the born again equating that with water baptism the way it was used unless you're born of water and the spirit yeah. and i just remember the pastor he ended up marrying me and erica after was um showing showing me you know uh first corinthians 2 where paul says i i proclaim to know nothing amongst you except for christ and him crucified mm -hmm. you know and he's like god didn't send me to baptize he sent me to preach the gospel yeah. you know and, and it and helped me to see that there's two different things there that baptism is something to be um observed and and obeyed but it's it's different than the gospel mm -hmm. you know the the baptism represents the the transformed heart in the believer and it's the first step in demonstrating your genuine faith is by um going through the waters of baptism you know representing that you have you have died to sin you've been cru the old self has been crucified with christ and and when you come out of those waters it's a new life christ we're new creations and recognizing like that that's what it teaches but you'll experience that when you believe yeah. that that the cross of christ that christ dying for your sin and and suffering the penalty that you deserve when you believe that your heart and romans i think 10 says that if you believe that jesus died on the cross and profess it with your mouth mm -hmm. then you'll be saved you know and it's that it's that profession that comes out of a genuine belief yeah. in your heart and it's like oh yeah i have i have nothing to offer god except for christ and i didn't get that that didn't make sense to any of those other people too because right. it's like it's no you works. have to do something yeah it's all in works you have to do something you have to go and share the gospel you have to baptize this many people or you have to get baptized under our leadership and it, it, it really is a, a works-based mm -hmm. religion so i would say yeah it's all on on what you can do um, how much are you gonna share the gospel or but then there's also that question like when is it gonna be enough right it's never enough mm -hmm. it's yeah never enough they would them. say it's a process and right. then you know until they feel sure that you're ready to be baptized and you're ready to be baptized yeah. but if you don't die before you're baptized then you know there's no hope there's yeah, that's there's that would be such a sad place to be in right you're like you have no assurance of salvation really because you're working and you don't know when you know it's going to be enough and then you could you know we're not promised tomorrow so and and you have to maintain your salvation mm -hmm. by doing all the bible studies all the 
um, sharing of your faith, all of that, baptizing others. You have to, you have to keep working for it, and or it else you have no assurance. Right, but God, Christ does call us to go to all nations, share the gospel, proclaiming, and and that is true. But there is a quota to be met on their end. It isn't out of the love of people. It's more uh, a salary. It's not done at a heart tra- it doesn't overflow out of a heart transformation you know because when you're in Christ everything you do comes from the heart you know and it's the desire that you have your desires change your desire is no longer to want to do the old things but God gives us new desires then it that overflows yeah. into just loving mm-hmm. those things right loving reading your Bible and and it comes in time you know and so I think I think it was during that time of, in those months of of going through a lot of heartache and and questioning God, in those moments, I didn't want to marry my fiancé at the time because it was, I didn't know if he was a true believer. And he came home one day and he, I remember him just saying like, "Um, if you don't marry me, I'm leaving you. I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. And it was then that I knew something changed because all those, all that time we were together, I was kind of like his idol, you know. He loved me so much, and it was like I didn't want him to love me like that. I wanted him to love God that way and then love me second, mm-hmm. you know. I wanted him to love God. And so the fact that he said that, I was just like, oh. Well, like, to complicate okay. to complicate things, like Erica ended up getting pregnant yeah. too before we were married with my son, and and uh, we so that complicated the so relationship. Eight months pregnant, and, uh, and she she like, was bitter and angry. Her mom had died; she had lost everything she yeah. ever cared about, and she was bitter towards the church. And then she blamed the disfellowship of that church on me. Mm-hmm. So she was really bitter on me, and and um, and and you know I could see. I could look back and see the beauty and, and all the dysfunction and just there's so much dysfunction at home, but then at work and studying the Bible and being in the Bible study, I was getting all the answers and God was working in my heart. And someone gave me a Bible, a study Bible, John MacArthur study Bible. And, um, someone pointed me to listen to sermons. And I was listening to these sermons on this app called grace to you. They had a sermon for every uh, verse in the, in the New Testament. And I remember just reading those, listening to those sermons, trying to find the air, trying to find mm-hmm. the air in whatever p- the pastor was teaching, uh-huh. you know. And, and, and I just was like, wait, there's, there, he's actually teaching the Bible. And I never heard Bible teaching like that. I was so used to these. these. Uh, I look back and I'm like, how was I go- listening to those sermons before where they're more like flattering the church, mm, you know, rather yeah. than Bible teaching. The Lord just really, you know, softened my heart and helped me to see the gospel, helped me to accept what they were teaching me on the Thursday Bible study, plus what I'm listening to on the MP3s. And then someone invited us to one of their churches. So we went there. And so the Lord is really working in my heart. I think Erica kind of saw this transformation. The moment she talked about me telling, giving her the ultimatum saying, um, I was just tired of that volatile vicious cycle of yeah. of bitterness and bl- blaming me for everything and and i admit like a lot of it was caused by me and my yeah. sin mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, at the time. And, and the, that church probably did handle it biblical because our relationship wasn't a God yeah. glorifying relationship. And um, I was focused on myself and not, not pursuing God and all of that. So there was truth behind that, uh, even though their, their doctrine was founded on, um, you know, uh, what would we say? Their false teachings, mm-hmm. you know, but um, the Lord... I'm, I'm so thankful to those pastors that started that Bible study at my work and, and for the lady that invited me and taking the time answering all my questions. I'm thinking I'm, I'm being a, a nuisance and, and everybody's like so encouraging. Like, no, we we love that you ask questions and, and that, uh, you know, you're new to the faith. I think now, like, yeah, it is encouraging when you get to share your faith with someone who is interested and asking questions love love studying doctrine now love reading the bible thankful for the lord really carrying me through that difficult time for blessing it for us getting married having my son and then another daughter yeah we got married had, had a few had two weeks later wow yeah and yeah so. um and then you know we were going to this another big church and uh they were teaching well, but it was just hard for us to get connected. Mm-hmm. You know, it was hard for us to get connected. I would tell Erica, like, you're not really trying to make friends. Try try inviting them over. But it was really like the more you tried, the more people uh-huh. were um, short with you. Oh, you know, okay. and so um, we just, we, we found another small church up the street and someone invited us. And one day Erica and the kids were sick. And I said, I'm just going to go check up that church up the street. It's a small church, but I heard a lot of good things. And it's affiliated with the, the pastor I've been listening to on the radio. And I'm just wondering, like, if, if I'm growing so much from these MP3s, what yeah. would it be like to go to a church where they're trained at the same <laughs> seminary? Yeah. You know, so I went up to that church and it, I was like, oh, yeah, these are my people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is where we need to be. The Bible teaching was exactly very similar. Like it felt like nothing like I had ever heard. In a, in a in a congregation sitting in the the pew i was like this is it and 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 that first day i got invited to a christmas party and and then over for dinner and eric and the kids were sick still so but we ended up going to like a christmas party before we went to church and mm-hmm. and this year will be 10 years at that church but there is something sweet about a smaller fellowship where people everybody knows you and, and is hospitable yeah. there and and to think back like i remember there being a, a jar of fish um a bowl like an empty fish aquarium mm-hmm. and people would put the fish if they had someone over for dinner that oh, week uh-huh. and think like how cool is that that the church would be focused uh, like that to, yeah. to try to get the the jar filled up with fish and and having each other over for dinner and finding ways to to encourage one another to love one another and, and it all be centered on bible the bible teaching christ says this is how they'll know you're my disciples by your love for one another and and we felt that at this new church in a way that we hadn't felt before you yeah. know and it actually was on truth and not on false doctrine and i think in all of that and the false teaching and in the other churches the great thing is that even those big churches they still preach the gospel yes you know it just it's harder to get connected when you're in a big church. And so I think just looking back, how God used it all, you know, Mm -hmm. even the messiness, even the sin, and just knowing that even in all of that, he still worked everything out to call us to himself. And I just think, like, it's so amazing, you know, to think, like, 
yeah, I didn't want to be with this guy because he didn't love the Lord. And then it wasn't me who transformed him. Just that the Lord did. And, yeah, and just seeing even his love for me in, in giving me something that I had longed for, you know. And so, yeah, just seeing Christ work through it all, all the mess, the good, the bad, and just just loving where we're at now and I not saying that it's easy but god gives us different trials and you know bumps along the road but when you have christ you just know that that's all you need yeah. you know yeah and, and just seeing the glory of god his magnificence and sovereignty and, and like you said orchestrating all of that you know, I think of Acts 17 where he says he determines the exact places of our habitation or the place, the boundaries of where we'll live so that we would we would grope for him. We reach for reach for him and that we would find him, though he's not far from all of us, you know, and how God and his providence orchestrates all of that so that we would seek him. You just see his um, sovereignty through it all with those little things. And he builds up your faith to trust him with bigger things and through mm-hmm. bigger issues and and trials and then you overcome those and then you trusted them with those trials and so he gives you something else to trust him through just thankful that he has carried us this far in life and in marriage and we'll be trusting him for the next thing we go through and so i'm thankful for god even though it was a tough few years in our life Mm -hmm. but that he brought us through yeah he used us he's using it even now for us to have that desire to to share the gospel and articulate it and to know it well so that we those things that we say might not go return void but just knowing that you can plant a seed and then christ will grow it if he he wants it to grow and um just closing up the podcast i have two questions one encouragement or exhortation or advice to an unbeliever listening because i know there are unbelievers who are listening so they're hearing your testimony they're hearing you talk about how god has changed your life and they're hearing you talk about the gospel but what would you what would you tell them specifically being a young mom having my daughter at 19 I would say give your life to the Lord while you're young because I still, as a mom of of four, two from a previous relationship, I still have to deal with the consequences that come from my past sin. Our old pastor used to say that old sin casts long shadows. And so though I'm forgiven, Though I've been made new, right, that past sin and the consequences of my sin are still very present in my life even now. And so I would say if you think you're young and you could just, you know, live life freely, it comes at, if you're a mom, if you become a young mom, you you have to deal with, you know, the previous fathers of your children and it just makes for life to be just a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't change anything because I am who I am today. Mm-hmm. But I would say that all the pleasures of this world, they don't leave you satisfied. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, nothing can satisfy you the way that Christ can. Yeah. 
and and yeah just knowing that true joy comes from Christ and I wish I knew that sooner I wish I knew that um, but God you said at this time at at my age he used it and and so yeah I would just encourage um, young or old just don't wait yeah. don't wait just surrender and he has something better for you yeah I would just piggyback off that and I was reminded just listening to you of a verse in Ecclesiastes 12.1, which says, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Mm-hmm. And just recognizing those same patterns and habits you sow when you're young, they'll, they'll follow you in, into adulthood. And I would say that um, you don't have to live your life without purpose and, and passion. Um, that God has designed each and one of us uniquely um, to bring glory to him in only a way that we individually can. Um, And so you're only going to find your true passion, your true desires, your true purpose in his plan for you. God can use you um, for the cause of Christ and he can show you how he's designed designed you, the gifts he's given you. Um, and and uh, use them for his glory and you're good and and I would say uh, I would just encourage or exhort to find a, a, sol- a healthy Bible um, believing church and gospel preaching ministry but really to our our biggest benefit or blessing has been living these last 10 years in a community of a small church and and with people that believe the same thing that can come alongside and help us and uh, work through all those things. That has been the the biggest blessing for us. So I'd encourage um, anyone to do the same. Find a local church. And for believers, specifically those who don't have this like huge like testimony, like I've never been kidnapped. You know, I've grown up in the church. I love the Lord and I want to walk in, you know, that path. So I've never had that moment, you know, where it's like, this is like my big testimony. You know, it's not this wow testimony. It's just a simple, you know, like I've grown up in the church. The Lord changed my desires, you know, from a young age. So what would you say to believers who don't have this big wow testimony? They think like, I don't really have a testimony. You know, it's not something worth sharing. Yeah. So I think our our two younger children will be similar to you right where they grow up in the church and I would say amen (laughs) amen because um I wouldn't want my children to come to the Lord because they had the experiences that I had like I love that they'll never have to experience what I experienced I would say your testimony is just as important as mine it's no less or any greater it's just as important as as my testimony it's just the one that god has given me and i think that's his protection for those who have grown up in the church for those who have had that their whole lives and their parents loving them in that way and being faithful i think your testimony is no less than mine it's just as important and so we don't all need those wow moments it's just how god is using your life and and sheltering you and protecting you from from the ugliness of sin and 
so yeah yeah i i think as a parent you're like yes i I want one of those boring testimonies for my own kids where they <laughs> yes. just follow the Lord yes. from the age of two, you know. Yeah. And um, But uh, the reality, like Erica was saying, that the transformed life or the one that believes in Christ, you know, that, that testimony is as significant. And, and even for the, our kids or for you that have grown up in the church, just to think of, of the amount of God's grace that he has bestowed upon you by raising you up in a... a believing family he has been so gracious to you and to think like we started going to church maybe 25 26 years old mm-hmm. um you've heard sermon after sermon after yeah. sermon and how how much more gracious has god been towards you than to us and i just remember thinking um you know for my own kids because i know they sit in the pew and and uh, you think of like uh, i wish i was where you were at your age mm-hmm. you know and and that that'll be their own life that's their own faith it's not like, um, you know, I heard one pastor say, Jesus didn't show up and tell the disciples, I'm God, believe me, and then leave. Yeah. You know, he, he let them experience life and the pain of life and, and let their gave them demonstrations for them to believe on yeah. so that their faith would be genuine. Mm-hmm. And I would just say, just just make sure your faith is genuine. Follow follow after Christ and, and develop your own spiritual life and and seek out the way that god has designed you and gifted you not the way he's gifted your parents or or anybody else you know and um and 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 go after what you think that uh where the lord is moving you and get involved in different ministries and just pursue everything you can and in in this walk of faith and and figure out how god wants to use you and and that's your own journey that you that god has designed for only you and so you might have a head start on Mm -hmm. eric and i but hey hey, that's to god's glory he gets the glory and uh we get the benefit yeah yeah thank you so much for being on the podcast i feel like i say this after every podcast i have been so blessed by this conversation i love getting to hear your testimonies and I pray that your testimonies were able to bless the people listening as well, whether they're unbelievers or believers. I hope that it can make an impact on their lives.